1: And joining me today for a special draft show of the Lockdown Cowboys podcast is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how's it going, it's sir? It's going well.
0: I'm excited. It's interesting kind of watching guys on, uh, uh, college guys again. You know, I, this has kind of been my first few, well, I mean, I've done a couple guys here and there, but kind of stepping back into the draft for foray. Sure. Uh, it's, it's always fun. It's always interesting. So our draft shows are going to be a little different this year because you know the
1: Cowboys obviously don't have a first round pick. So it's going to be a little bit harder to narrow down some of the names uh that the Cowboys may be interested in. And, you know, eventually the guys will leak out and we'll get a list of the the their 30 visits, but for the next few weeks, we're just going to be taking a look at a specific position and taking a look at a couple big players. Today, we're going to look at defensive tackle. Uh, we're not going to spend time on and Williams from Alabama or Ed Oliver from Houston. Uh, there's a lot of other great draft shows out there that will tell you all you need to know about those guys. Uh, they're fantastic. What we're going to do is look at a couple uh, players that are a little bit down the line a little bit. And Landon, I want to start with Texas defensive lineman Charles Amenehu. Uh, this is a guy that you DM'd me about a couple of days ago. Just kind of wondering where his stock was at. What was your first
0: impressions when you watched him? The, this guy looks like David Irving. I mean, it, yeah, it that's really does. Like, I, I, it's, and I really, my first initial thought pr- was uh, they're gonna do to they're gonna do to this kid what they did to David Irving, and that is they're gonna try to play him a defensive end. Um, and we'll see how. You know, and I, I feel like you know, that happened. Uh, and he had some success. It sounds like at the Senior Bowl playing defensive end. Um, and look, he did. Uh, you know the agents are going to get into his ears, and they're going to whisper about you know defensive end money and all that good stuff. So I, I have a feeling that that's going to be where the focus is with this kid. Um, you know, I think that to me. He is I, I, what I don't want to happen, that I'm afraid is going to happen, is that that's going to happen. Some team's going to draft him, maybe overdraft him at defensive end because of positional value. Um, and because he is going to probably, just based on his tape, I'm assuming he's probably going to jump out of the gym and, and be an in- incredible oh, yeah. tester. Um, you know, I, I really do think, he in a lot of ways, he's like David Irving, you know, but I think that. The way that he, you know, he needs to get a little bit... I think his body is still in transition because he 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 reshaped his body this season from what it sounds like. Uh, and uh, he's added some weight, but it was muscle, right? And so he's like at 270-something right. like, like that. I think he needs to kind of keep going in that direction and get around to 280, 290, uh, and play three technique because I just think that... As good as he can be on the outside, I think that there is there is still some hip stiffness there that may limit him. I've seen him turn the corner and do all that and I think he's you know, he's he he will play well at defensive end. Uh, but I think that he his best position would be inside because I think he would be dominant specifically in one of our systems- the way that Irving was dominant in our system I think he could be right, he could be right. outside the shoulder three technique you could kick him inside to to one technique um you know it's it there's a lot of different things you could do with this guy uh but I think that he would really benefit to being with a guy like Rob Marinelli, uh, and where I, I think his real strength is, is going to be getting off the ball and into the backfield, using his length and his po and his size to get into the uh, to cracks. And one thing that he really does well uh, to me is slip through gaps and and you know knife through and get there. The the spot where he struggles is you know and again this, this I, I hope he I, I I hate for him to be looked at as a five technique because I really think that that would be not his best spot. Oh, it's limiting his upside. Yeah, for I could, sure. because he's big, and I think you know if you're going to put him at defensive end, make sure it's like a four man front defensive end, not a three man front. But to me, I see this kid, and I see them doing the same thing that they did with David Irving. You know, except he's you know a little bit obviously more well known. But it's a situation where he, everyone wants to see defensive ends with these guys. But I think if he was able to put on like 10 more pounds of weight, continue to keep putting on weight, his explosiveness in his body type inside would produce potentially an insanely dominant player, similar to David Irving, except this kid has no off the field issues. He's a leader in the locker room. Like, uh, you know, I'm really high on this kid. I, I love this tape, but I also felt like he was. Being miscast to a certain degree, and then all the all the talk mm-hmm. that I at, at Texas, and then all the talk I, I've heard since then makes it sound like they are only looking at him from you know a, a defensive end point of view, and I and I feel like that might be uh, a mistake.
1: Yeah, they really used him more as like a five technique at Texas. I mean, they had some pretty weird three man lines that they used and stuff. But uh, just a little background info on Amanu. Uh, First three years of his career really didn't do much. Had a total of 12 tackles for a loss. Exploded as a senior. 18 tackles for a loss. Nine and a half sacks. Uh, you started to see him make plays. Went to the Senior Bowl, uh, and he, he won the weigh-ins. I think he had, was 36-and-a-half-inch yeah. arms. I, he had the longest wingspan at, at the Senior Bowl. I mean, I fully expect him to go to the Combine and just completely show out. Uh, my question for you before we move on from Mimenehu, what kind of round grade would you give on Where do you kind of expect to see him picked? I know we're early in this, but just, just where would you guess right now as of uh, February 8th?
0: Well, I you know, I I mean, I've am the problem with the draft grades is that you have to know context inside the the class and and that's one thing I I really I don't know because I don't know the class terribly well. It seems like the there's a, a lot of there's a lot of defensive talent, specifically defensive line talent just from what I've seen does casually. Does he seem
1: like a day 2 player to you though? I mean, does, does he seem like a day 2 I, player? I think
0: he's to me he's uh, he's going to be drafted in the first round. But he, he, but he really? probably, he probably should not be. Yeah, I think I, I, I would. Uh, I see. I, I think that's fair. I think uh, you're right. There. I think,
1: I think he, there probably will be a team that'll see his measurables and think, hey, we can turn him into the. This next is that's
0: exactly, dude. Here's David here's ex- is this exactly. I, I think it's going to be a similar to a Marcus Hunt pathway for him like Marcus Hunt is still in in progress right now right but like what's going to happen is they're going to see his athleticism again they're going to try to push him to defensive end I don't know that he is going to produce at defensive end the way his overdraft position will would require so people are probably going to view him as a bust then he's going to get cut or whatever from his first team his second team will pick him up, realize, have a plan for him at defensive tackle. He'll get back in there, and then suddenly suddenly he's a reclamation project, and how did they find this guy, blah, 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 when all they did was really put him at the position he probably should have played in the first place. So,
1: I agree. That's a good comp. I like the Marcus, Marcus Hunt one. I mean, this year with the Colts, I mean, he's on a second team, but you're starting to see him at least develop into a useful player. So I, I like that. That's a, that's a good comp. Um, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll talk about two more defensive tackles. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't always know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win. And they pay. It's that simple. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. If you join now, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code Locked On to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Landon. This next one I want to talk to you about is uh, a, a very interesting prospect. Kingsley hmm. Kiki from Texas A&M. Uh, I actually just sat down today to, to watch some of his, his film, um, and I gotta say, I, I I wasn't impressed by what I saw. What did you see from Kiki? when Man, you Man, I
0: I just don't know what to think about this kid. Like to me, uh, the, you know what? This it's funny, and I t- I talked to our mutual buddy John Owning about this. Like to me. He, don't forget like the, the I'm not comparing him to this player. Uh, I'm comparing it to the situation and to and and for completely different reasons. But to me, he reminds me of Michael Sam, where just as a, as a as a player mm-hmm. as an athlete, because I feel like he has production there. He, he's done it at a uh, you know on Division One scale. I the problem is is the way that he wins, um. Is it, I don't know that it's replicable in the NFL, and, and and I think that he's I mean he's kind of this tweener guy who he looks like he should be a three technique, but he's playing outside a defensive end. He's not like explosive or even really terribly athletic, but he has good balance and he could st- you know and like find a way to kind of stay on his feet at times. Uh, It's, he's very, it's a very weird player, right? Like, I mean, it's, he, 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 I think he wins a lot inside, uh, with hand fighting because he's good at getting around guards. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that that's going to work in the NFL because those guys are going to be so much better at that, at that, than him. So uh, that's where my concern is, is that, um, yeah, that he's that he's he's not gonna be able to replicate that kind of way he wins in the NFL. All right, let me uh let me
1: give you some of the notes that I, I have for him. I watched the North Carolina State game, the South Carolina game, and the Alabama game from twenty seventeen. Uh he lined up all over the defensive line for Texas A&M. He played at defensive end, defensive tackle, left end, right end, wherever they needed him, uh he was on the field. Uh but, I mean, I I did not see a player at all that should have been playing defensive end. It just did look like he had the athleticism to bend the corner. Uh, too often, he was too hesitant with some of his pass rushing moves. He would he would try to basically try to go around a, a tackle or a guard without using his hands, and it was kind of weird. Uh, I worry a little bit about his conditioning. You can kind of see him late in games. Just the effort's not there, and maybe it's not conditioning. Maybe it's just a lack of effort, but... Uh, I, I, I saw a guy that, man, if that was the guy that the Cowboys were taking in the second day of the draft, I would be really, really worried. It, that just didn't seem like a player to me that – if I wasn't watching the the game trying to study him, he's not somebody that jumped off the screen for me. Did, did that happen I, with you I at mean, all?
0: I mean, I'm looking at this guy like, like a day three guy, like a late day three guy. Yeah, that's kind I of what mean, I, I feel like. I like. mean, he's – I I I don't. I'm not really even interested, to be honest. Like I, I don't know that. Yeah, it's just it's a guy that's going to take yeah. up a spot, right? Then you you just know the ceiling's probably not ever going to be where uh, you want. The, it. I think the only thing that he has of value that like is again like his interior pass rush, like as a pass rushing, you know, nickel defensive tackle. But he's not even good enough at that, or or has any kind of traits at that that makes me believe that he can replicate even that in the NFL. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm I, right. well, Especially without any burst, I'm I'm not that interested.
1: All right, let's talk about one more defensive tackle. Let's discuss Draymond Jones, uh, the interior player from Ohio State. Uh, I actually liked this film quite a bit. I thought this was a, a special athlete. Um, I thought he moved really well. Uh, I thought you know he he can get up the field. I think he lacks a little bit of power in the run game. I think you're going to need to have him bulk up a little bit. But that's a guy. If you get him in, I I think he's probably a second round pick. I think if you get him in here, I think he can give you some production right away.
0: What did you see from Dre yeah, Jones? Yeah, immediately watching him, I got the feeling that this is this is our guy. And by I mean I don't mean like our pick, but I mean this is the. You know, this is a guy who is going to be in that short list when the pick comes up if he's available, you know, because he, he feels like he fits a need. He's He fits the scheme to a T of what you want as a three technique. I think he's going to have a lot of success as a three technique. Uh, and I think that he has potential to get to us because I think he's not going to be a fit in every system. Um, and his weaknesses are glaring, but are masked by the fact that we are not a team that puts a high priority on defensive tackles that need to take on double teams as a three technique. So, uh, I, I think the things where he shines are where we are looking for people to come in, like uh, you know the 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 people that burst through the gaps, the the ones that uh, uh, that are you know getting up field and and uh, stopping the run on their way to their pass, you know. Um, so I, I think that is the kind of system that this guy is going to have uh, uh, the most success. And it's the kind of niche system that allowed someone like Grady Jarrett to fall all the way to the fifth, the fifth mm. round, you know. Is, and I think that's – these are kind of comparable type guys. I mean, I think if you look at their uh, – you know their production uh, in some ways, their their body types, their uh, their fit. You know uh, these are guys who played on a very highly touted uh, division. You know I, I think with some of these better programs like Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, um, guys can get lost. Because of the other talent that's on his team, right? Like everybody's eyes on uh, when you watch Ohio State's watching Nick Bosa, and and what he's doing. I, I think sure. when or that he, other defensive yeah. end that they have, uh, yeah, I, can't, I can't think yeah. of his name right now. But yeah, got they got a they, lot I mean, of that was, talent. Got two guys that are probably be they, there's a lot of talent there, and uh, and. I think that that allows some of these guys to get lost and again with Draymond Jones his run defense issues his inability to get off blocks his inability to uh take on double teams it's very clear and that is going to be um that is going to be something that is going to be problematic for a bunch of teams which is why uh, a guy who could potentially be a difference maker at uh, for our defense could fall to where we are in the second round. Uh, So
1: one of the things that I love to do for defensive linemen is look at their, you know, their tackle for a loss production. I think it's one of the things that translates really well to the NFL. I wasn't spectacular this year, had just 13 tackles for a loss. Uh, But what I did notice was, man, he was around the quarterback a ton. Uh, So I asked some of our friends at Pro Football Focus uh, how many pressures he had. He had 52 pressures this year and just eight sacks. Now, to kind of put that in comparison, the next closest interior defensive lineman in the Big Ten had 23 tack- or 23 pressures yep. from inside. There was nobody that was around the quarterback more often than Draymond and Jones. And so, while while I love the the statistical production, I think at least shows you shows you that Draymond Jones, who was a junior this year. I think his arrow is pointing way up. I, I'm curious to see what he comes in at the combine. Does he weigh 280 pounds? Is he closer to 300? I kind of
0: doubt it. Uh, but I think that's certainly a guy that we need to keep an eye on going forward. Yeah. And I, I think, again, going back to there, to what the context is important. I mean, he's on a team with two five-star you know, recruit defensive ends, one of which it might be the number one pick this year in the draft. So he right. him getting pressures shows you that he's producing. The fact that he's not getting sacks on a on a defensive line that is full of superstars could be because, you know, you've got a number one pick overall pick getting there just a tick earlier. So, uh yeah, I, I think that this is one of those situations where you you know, you go and you watch you have to watch the tape and trust the tape more than the production because and, and, I mean the production is there clearly with the hurry so, so you got to find if the context exists and you know go and watch and say hey, this guy is on a is on a defensive line full of bullies. It, it, it's it, you know, no, and absolutely. so it makes it difficult to uh Fully produced because the other guys are beating you to the punch. It's not that your team isn't getting sacks and you're not getting sacks. Your team's getting a ton of sacks. You're, you're just not always the one who's getting them.
1: All right, let me ask you this one more question before we go. Charles Menahou, Draymond Jones, for the Cowboys, which pick would you rather have? Or which player, excuse me?
0: Well, I think Draymond Jones is probably the more, uh, you know, out of the box, ready to go as far as what we're asking him to do. Three three techniques, Probably. right? Uh, uh, and I think Aminihu is is a guy who would take a little bit of, of seasoning and developing. Uh, you know, I, I think that they're kind of different players, too. I think Draymond Jones would be a better version of Malik Collins, um, and Aminihu would be kind of that... Lesser version well, of David. I, Irving. Yeah, I would say uh, the somewhere somewhere between David Irving and Tyrone Crawford. You know, it's just the, the kind of guy who gives you good production inside, but also could give you some snaps outside. Uh, it could be a really valuable piece. I think that they, you know, they both will play three technique at some point. Obviously, uh, I think Aminu's value is that he could give you some solid snaps across the board, and Jones's value is that he is that three-technique, off-the-shoulder, beat-you-through-the-gap kind of guy who who I think also provides a ton of value in his stunts and games uh, situation as well. I think he moves really well that way as well.
1: See, for me, I think—I mean, it's close, but I think I'd rather have a Menehu just because— you know that you're going to have Malik Collins next year, so I'm not it's not a super big rush to find a guy that did play 75% of the snaps a game. You know what I mean? You can be a little bit more patient there. And I'm probably going to pick the the, the guy with the freakish skills and you know measurables and Amen, who and hope that Rod Marinelli can work his magic. I mean, we've seen it happen before. I think both would be outstanding picks, but I just think uh, Mena who gives you a little bit more upside there. Alright, that is it for today's show Thank you guys for tuning in Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes Or wherever you get your podcasts Follow Landon at McCoolBCB You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier And we will see you guys next time